Welcome to an Ember Young Adults Conference podcast. We pray this message would reignite a fresh fire in your life today. I just want to say thank you so much to Amy and Nelson for hosting us. And it's been a privilege already just to be here and um, be so warmly welcomed. We had such a fun night last night. Um, after the session with all the fire pits and the incredible food. You guys know how to host. You know how to put on a party. I love that the backyards here are big enough for fire pits. It's awesome. So we just want to say thank you. And it's such a privilege to be here. Um, So today I want to talk to you about freedom to live above it. And I just know that God has called us to live lives that are free And to live above it, I'll go into what it is. But first of all, I just wanted to talk about the concept of freedom. Because I feel like for those of us, you know, we live in Australia, it's a pretty great country. We probably think we are free. Like, you know, that's what the Anzacs fought for, right? Our freedom. And we have a democratic society, we're free. And even though those things are great, and I'm grateful for what the Anzacs fought for, it's you know, God's freedom in our lives is bigger than, than the society that we live in or the circumstances that we live in. But in fact, freedom is an internal state. Freedom is the condition of our heart. So it's not determined by the circumstances that we live in, but it's determined by our God, our Saviour, who has come to set us completely free. Yes, keep those claps coming. We are clapping together. It's awesome. I love um, that how you guys jumped on board with that last night. And, you know, we can choose to live wisely and benefit from good choices and all of that. And, you know, the freedom that God brings doesn't mean we can live however we want because He just continually sets us free. But, we, you know, we live wisely. But ultimately, it's not just through our choices. It's not just through the circumstances we live in, but it's the supernatural grace and favour of God that brings freedom into our hearts. You know, Paul in the Bible, he found himself imprisoned for preaching the Gospel. So first of all, he's being punished for doing something good. Have you ever been doing something good and feel like you've been in a bad situation despite doing good? You know, so it's not just the fact that we do good that brings freedom into our lives. We can find ourselves in, imprisoned by something despite us doing good. And so Paul here in the Bible found himself imprisoned for preaching the gospel. And although he was physically chained in a jail cell, Paul and Silas, we'll read it in a minute um, in the book of Acts, started singing and worshipping and their chains actually came off. But yet they didn't run out of their jail cells. Why? Because they were already free. Internally, they were free. They were worshipping their Saviour. They may have been doing it in a circumstance that was not free, but they themselves were already free. They didn't need to escape the situation. So freedom, that's a sense of freedom that God is bringing into our hearts or already has. I know that so many of our stories already today involve God setting us free from addiction and pain and different things. But I just believe that there is always more in God and deeper levels of freedom as we understand Him and as we understand ourselves more. He, he gently leads us and guides us on this journey of freedom. And so this verse where Paul and Silas were worshipping is found in Acts chapter 16, 
verse 25 to 31, and it says, But about midnight, when Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them, suddenly there was a great earthquake so powerful that the very foundations of the prison were shaken. Our worship shakes the very foundation of things that we might be trapped in. And you know, It says, all at once, all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer, shaken out of sleep, saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, thinking that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, saying, do not hurt yourself, we are all here. Then the jailer called for torches and rushed in. Trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And after he brought them out of the inner prison, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they answered, Believe in the Lord Jesus as your personal Saviour and entrust yourself to Him and you will be saved and your household if they also believe." It's incredibly powerful that as we experience the freedom that God wants to bring to us, we then can share that same freedom with others. You know, had they broken free of their cells and gone, right, let's get out of here, that jailer, you know, would have taken his own life. But instead, they were there to talk to the jailer and say, hey, you know, we get saved through Jesus. So our freedom, you know, that we experience points other people to Jesus. And I think that's what continually helps me to keep choosing freedom in my own life as a, a friend, a sister, a wife, as a mum. I want to continue to choose freedom and live out the freedom that Jesus has given me because I want to make sure that that freedom and grace is extended to others. You know, as if we go back into bondage or, or you know, fall back into the patterns of our old life, you know, it's harder to affect those around us. It's not about living perfect, but it's about living free of those things that hold us back. So to live above it, we're free to live above it. What is it? It is, I'm, I'm just saying it because it is hard to fully, you know, we're all in different circumstances. It can be hard to describe, but whatever the limitation is that you're facing, whatever the struggle is, whether it's circumstantial, whether it's a a physical pain, an emotional hurt, whether it's pain from your past, it, you know what it is for you. So we're free to live above it. We're free to live above the limitations that would, you know, come against you living to your full potential. It could be shame, limited thinking, negative thinking, unbelief, hopelessness, insecurity, pain. I'm sure right now the Holy Spirit is already prompting you for what it is in your life. You know, Jesus set us free to live above it, to take the limits off. You know, for me in my own personal walk, Part of the bondage that Jesus set my life free from was shame. And, you know, that has been unravelled in my life and I've had deeper meaning, um, deeper understanding of what that actually truly means that and, and what freedom had over me, I mean, sorry, what shame had over me. You see, there's a difference between shame and guilt. You see, shame is that 
anxiety in who we are as a person, that fear of not being good enough. And it's attached to who we are. It's actually a a spirit that wants to keep us under whatever it is that we are facing. It wants to keep us trapped and held back like a chain that imprisons us to our past. That's what shame is. And it's not of God. God didn't give us a spirit of shame. God didn't doesn't want us to feel shame in who we are. We know that we're not good enough, but by His, you know, what He did on the cross, we became good enough. Our spirit is actually good enough because of what He did. Whereas guilt, guilt is feeling bad for what we did or attached to the thing that we did, the wrong thought, the wrong behaviour. Guilt is is actually okay. Guilt is from the Holy Spirit. He convicts our heart to know what right and wrong is. Guilt makes us go, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for what I did. That's a good thing. But shame is oh, like, that's who I am. Is, can, do you understand the difference? And it's actually can cause huge havoc in our lives if we're coming from a place of shame. So we need God's forgiveness and shame, you know, He wants to set us completely free of that. So guilt is not, sorry, guilt is from God in a, in a good way when the Holy Spirit convicts our heart and He has the solution. But shame is not from God, but He still has the solution. You know, shame exaggerates the circumstances that we're in. So you might think back to your past, for example, and there might be feelings of and experiences that you have of shame or perhaps, you know, pain of the past and you, you're embarrassed. I know for me, I was embarrassed by my family. I was embarrassed by the home I grew up in. And I've realised as God has transformed my heart and, and my thinking in regards to that, I've realised that although some of the things I walked through as a young child were actually really terrible, but my shame exaggerated how bad it was, if that makes sense. So I've, I've learned to go, wow, I really saw my life from a very young age through a lens of shame. And it doesn't mean that what I faced wasn't difficult. You know, there was my parents fought loudly all the time and aggressively and my my dad ended up leaving at age 10 when I was 10 and I I walked through um, being sexually abused in my own family home and they're difficult things but when shame attaches itself to those things it wants you to hide beneath it and stay underneath it and not rise above and experience the freedom that God has for us and the forgiveness and and being able to live above those things only God can do that for ourselves we can't try hard enough or or break free of it ourselves and in fact when we do try in our own strength often we repeat those same cycles because that's what we've known but God sets us free so we're not trapped in those same cycles of the home we grew up in and and those sort of things and you know later in life I've I've realized there were so many good things in my home as well I was shown Jesus from a young age I knew who Jesus was there were so many good things in my life but when shame is at the forefront of you know how you view your circumstances that can really be exaggerated and I know um, one Silly sort of funny example is how embarrassed I was of my family van 
Did anyone have a family van growing up? (laughs) Okay. Some people can relate to the pain of a family van. Now, look, in saying that, it's, you know, I'm a mum of four kids now, and although we're pretty opposed to vans, you know, we st- I still drive a mummobile, okay? It might be a Kluger, but it's still, it's just as bad as a van, okay? Let's admit it. But the shame's not attached to that anymore. I'm not ashamed by the vehicle I drive. There's no, there's no major shame in rocking up to school drop-off and sending my kids. And, you know, when Israel, our youngest, was just in preschool sort of age, um, I remember him like walking across the car park and he's like, oh, look at that van, mum. We should get one of those. We'd be able to drive more kids around. So he's just like a party kid wanting to include more. And I was like, I'd already, you know, had a lot of healing in my heart. But in that moment, I'm thinking, here's my kid just thinking, let's have a van so we can party, right? And bring more people along for the ride. Isn't that the Christian life? Let's Let's drive the party bus and include more people. But instead, at at that same age, I was in preschool and I remember thinking how terrible my van was. Like, what a shame for me to be caught up in such a viewpoint and embarrassment when really, like, you know, who cares what car we drive? Let's believe for great cars in Jesus' Name. I know He can provide. Come on, but you know, there's more to our circumstances. There's more to the life Jesus offers us than just what we wanna present to others. You know, and when we deal with the shame or whatever it is that's holding you back in your hearts, you realise that, you know, we're not living for the approval of other people and the acceptance and and needing to drive the same cars that they do or, or live the same and be accepted, but we've got the acceptance of our Saviour Jesus Christ. And you know, I often would pretend that my family was awesome and that my home was awesome and that, you know, I don't know, I just, I wouldn't go into details about my home life because of that shame. But when we're unable to be vulnerable with people and and with God, it traps us in whatever we are in, in the circumstance, in the pain, in, in our way of thinking and seeing But when we are vulnerable and we allow people in, godly people, people of faith, people that will go, hey, let's view this from a different way. Let's let's see what God's Word has to say about this. We start to see that perhaps our way of thinking isn't the only way. That perhaps our situation, there is an answer and a solution and that we can come in faith together and believe for the impossible to happen and for God to break us free. And, you know, when we, when I'm talking about living above it, it's that spirit of rising above, but we can still believe for breakthrough. We can still believe that God can, you know, set us completely free of the circumstance as well. But for some of those things, it's the circumstances of life, things happen, right? Bad things happen, things will come our way and we won't be completely just magically free of every bad thing, right? Otherwise we wouldn't actually grow our faith. But so God has brought us eternal freedom because of what Jesus Christ won on the cross. And so whatever we're facing, yes, He can bring the solution. Yes, He will sometimes just radically give us miracles to you know, walk out of those situations. But ultimately, he, He's called us to live above those things that we're walking through. So for me, 
in my walk with Jesus, I, I knew Him from a young age. And even though I went through those difficult things and, and I did have that shame attached to me, most people wouldn't have realised. I was an outgoing kid who just, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of people wouldn't have realised. And that's the thing about being vulnerable is you can kind of put on whatever front you want, especially, especially social media, you know, your, your highlight reel of life. You can, you can have people believing that that's just the way it is for you, that there's no trouble and, you know, you can choose to live like that. But when we choose to live vulnerable with people and with God, we can choose to live beyond that highlight reel, you know, and, and allow people in and, 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 and Jesus, really. And for me, I walked through this a lot as a teenage gymnast. So I learned to trust God really every day as I trained and pushed myself physically I learned to rely on his strength. He'd given me this ability to do gymnastics, but I didn't just rely on that physical ability. I chose to trust Jesus and, and pray. And in fact, I just was smiling to myself the other day when um, my two daughters do gymnastics, very low level, they're just little. But Audrey, my five-year-old came up to me and she goes, Mum, I prayed to God that he would help me like do whatever it is she was doing. And I was like, that's what mummy used to do. That's so awesome. And I don't think I've ever told her that. Yeah, it's awesome. Like when we sometimes avoid the challenging things in our life, we don't, you know, learn to do it with Jesus. We just avoid the challenges, avoid the pain, you know. But when I chose gymnastics, even though I loved it, there were elements I loved, definitely. It was that constant pushing myself like through fear and different barriers, physical barriers. And that's when I chose to trust Jesus. And I learnt to read my Bible. I was like, wow, He hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but you know, of love and power and a sound mind. And I, I started to read my Bible and that that was my, I, real, I guess my walking out God's truth in my life as a teenager and seeing Him really being active in my life in overcoming and all my dreams back then were all focused on gymnastics and that's all I wanted to do as a teenager. And, you know, God uses that to then enlarge our dreams. We, we might be small in our thinking right now and just think, oh, I just want to get a great job and, you know, whatever it is. But God's like, that's great. I'll work with that. Can you trust me in that journey? And He wants to just expand our thinking, expand our heart to include others as well. So we're not just focused on ourselves. The freedom He brings is to share with others. And so I, you know, learned to trust God in these years of being a gymnast and I had little injuries along the way and saw God really come through for me and, and protect me really, you know, Sometimes when you fall, you think, oh, that could have been way worse than what it was. And God was always with me. But one of the major challenges I faced and, and had to overcome actually wasn't in the gym. It was on my grandparents' farm. And I was a 16-year-old keen to learn to drive the tractor. That's what you did on the farm. You learnt to drive the tractor. Has anyone driven a tractor before? few hands. Yes. Oh, that's good. You can tell we're out in the country a bit more than in Brisbane. Everyone's like, what's a tractor? You know, <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, we were driving, I was driving the tractor and my cousin was with me and all of a sudden the brakes failed and I was thrown off and the back wheel of the tractor ran over my body and crushed all the ribs on this side of my body and the ribs smashed into my lungs and I had a massive hole in my liver and basically internally, 
it was not good. And my cousin was there to run and get help and um, a neighbour was passing through and they were able to call an ambulance who got to me in 17 minutes. And there were just so many miracles along the way. It takes 25 minutes to drive there and they got there in 17 minutes in a paddock in the middle of nowhere, you know, to come and help me. And there were so many miracles and I was airlifted to um, the John Hunter Hospital in Newcastle. And there they um, put me in a coma and operated on me several times. And um, the reason they put me in a coma was because my body was so badly damaged. They're like, okay, we're going to operate on her lots of times. She's just got to go on life support if she's got any hope of survival. And um, my mum was back home in Brisbane at the time and she flew down and got around God's word and and really claimed promises over my life because looking at the situation and and even the words of the doctors and the staff, even though they were great, their words were, we don't think she's going to survive. We're going to have to operate to try and save her, but okay, sign here because, you know, we'll do our best, but she's probably going to die anyway. And when you're faced with situations like that, we've got a choice to trust God and go to His Word, or we can, you know, try and do it in our own strength. But my mum had no other options. She went to the Word of God and she claimed this verse over my life from Psalm 118, verse 17. I shall not die, but live and will proclaim what the Lord has done. And, you know, from that moment, yeah, amen. From that moment, she claimed that it's not like click of her fingers, everything was better. You know, it was a journey we walked through. There were still operations to come through. And by the end of that two weeks in a coma, they woke me up and I was alive, but I was not well yet. And there were many miracles to still see happen, but we were claiming that promise over my life that I wouldn't die, but I would live and I would proclaim what the Lord has done. Because there is power in proclaiming our story, what we've been through. And you don't have to be run over by a tractor. You know, you don't have to have this incredible story. Like it is incredible when you share what God has done in your life, because I'm absolutely sure that He has already done some great things in your life. And when we value that and when we share it with others, we'll see, you know, other people's lives transformed by His power as well. When we can be vulnerable with people, they will really, you know, learn to trust God for themselves as well. And so I was alive, but I wasn't well. And there were many more months to walk through to be completely healed. And I was actually brought back to um, Brisbane where we lived. So I was transferred hospitals and I was in hospital for quite a few more months. And by that stage, I was only 35 kilos as a 16 year old. So there, there was nothing to my frame. And so my doctor explained to me that he wanted to do another operation, but that I needed to go fatten up first because he's like, I don't think you'll survive the operation. And I had been asking like, I want to get back to gymnastics, you know, like when can I do that? And he's like looking at my skeleton frame thinking, I don't know about this gymnastics thing. And he actually went on to explain to me that Um, if he was to do this operation that he needed to do, he needed to cut across my muscle mass and basically destroy my muscles to do the operation he needed to do. Whereas before they'd cut me down, it still hurts you a little bit, but doesn't completely destroy your muscles. And he said, look, if when we do this surgery, like 
you won't be returning to gymnastics. And I just said to him, well, I'm going to get a miracle because I'm returning to gymnastics, you know, the power of a dream. And um, so basically I was let out of hospital to go fatten up and I was like, all right, first meal was KFC. You know, I started that journey well. But because I was allowed out of hospital, I, I went back to church like I normally did. And there was a guest speaker there who didn't actually know my situation and said, there's someone here with a damaged liver. And I knew that was me and I went forward and I was prayed for and my liver was supernaturally, miraculously healed in that moment. <laughs> Praise God. And you know, my doctor had explained to me that liver tissue can actually regenerate, but my bile ducts had been cut off. And so he said, your problem is that the bile ducts can't reconnect. Liver tissue might be able to, but bile ducts can't. And so he had explained that to me and I said, all right, well, what happens if they do? Like, go with me here. And he's like, all right, if they were, what would happen? See, I had this um, drainage bag draining out my bile. Pretty gross, but my liver could make the bile, but it couldn't um, pass the bile on to the rest of my digestive system. That's part of the liver's duties. And um, so mine was just draining out. And he goes to me, all right, if you were to be healed... Basically, it would stop draining out of your body and it would go to where it's needed. I was like, right. <laughs> so then when I was prayed for, slowly over a few days and weeks, I don't remember exact time frame, but it, it was almost a litre a day draining out of me and all of a sudden it just stopped, dried up. It, and I went back to my doctor and I was like, nothing's coming out anymore, like I'm healed. And of course, he didn't just take my word for it. He had to run some tests. Um, I was this crazy 16-year-old just wanting to get back to gymnastics, you know. But the test showed that my liver had, you know, healed so much and he didn't need to do that surgery. And I was able to return to gymnastics. And yeah, come on. I've since grown the size of my dream, <laughs> you know, it, it's not like the be-all and end-all. In fact, I don't even have any of the trophies and medals. My kids are like, why'd you chuck them out? And I'm like, I'm sorry, we've moved house too many times. But I've got some great memories, but that's not the thing. That wasn't the pinnacle of my life like it was back then. But God used it. He used the dream I had to believe that God could come through for me. And so whatever we're willing to give God, whatever we're able to offer up to Him, whether it's our dreams, whether it's the pain, whether it's the circumstance that we don't know what to do, God will come through for you. Whether it's physical healing you need in your body, He can do it. Whether it's breaking the chains of shame and pain from your past or, or like just massive feelings of guilt that you can't overcome, we're, we can bring that to Jesus. You can't overcome it by yourself, but Jesus can. The cross is and was and will always be enough. The price of the cross is always enough. In Luke 4 verse 18, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, the Messiah, speaking of Jesus, because He has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor, he has sent me to announce release, pardon, forgiveness to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, downtrodden, bruised, crushed by tragedy. He has come to set us free. 
Jesus Christ sees exactly where you are and what you have been through. And He knows and He cares and He's come to set you free. And I really believe in the room today that there is a breakthrough anointing here, that there is faith in this room to believe for the miraculous. And I would love to invite the band up if you could join me. I know that God wants to do something powerful in this place. You know, the Holy Spirit empowers us to live above the circumstances that we face. And He also comes to set us free from those things as well. And I know that when I was preparing this message, I really sensed that there were a number of people that could relate to carrying shame. And whether you've ever viewed it like that before or not, I don't know, but I can tell you today that Jesus is here to break you free of shame. Whether you can relate to feelings of embarrassment, whether it's from your childhood or whether it's from who you are now, like you might still feel like you don't truly fit in. Well, that is not the truth. It, It may be the feeling that you have, but it's not the truth and it's not God's truth for your life. And I believe that He really wants to set some people free of shame, of pain and trauma. You know, it's traumatic to to go through things in your life that experiences like a major accident or or where, you know, there was abuse or situations like that. And I know that my story, you can hopefully relate to parts. It may not look like a tractor. It may not look like the same abuse I had or it may not look the same, but I know that Holy Spirit is saying, hey, like you can relate to that. Hey, don't, don't lessen what you went through just because it isn't the same as what I walked through. You know, you, sometimes we can lessen what we went through, but God's like, no, I, I see that. That was painful. Let's acknowledge that, but let's bring it to the light and allow His freedom to penetrate your innermost being. So why don't we stand for a moment and we're just gonna worship and I'm, I'm gonna open this front here so we can pray and see the miraculous take place. And so let's just invite the Holy Spirit right now Holy Spirit, thank You that You have already been prompting people's hearts and and highlighting things in their lives or right now in their circumstances or maybe from their past. You've already been doing that. And we invite You, God, to prompt us. We invite Your Holy Spirit because we can't do it alone. We're not here for a self-improvement journey, but God, we're here because we need Your freedom. We need Your peace. And God, we're just gonna worship You right now. And I thank You for Your presence and Your power. Thank You, Lord.